Hello, and welcome to The Home Building Hero, where we help you become the hero of your new home by providing you all the information that you need. No matter if you're building, buying, or designing your next project, we got you covered here at The Home Building Hero. Today's topic is the next force in home buying, single buyers. Hi, I'm your host, David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes. And today we are going to be talking about single home buyers. And uh, I was inspired by this article in the Builder Magazine. And um, it was it was pretty interesting. There's a lot of data in it and a lot of different facts. And some of this was, was pretty eye-opening for me. I didn't realize that this was such a force in the market. We've certainly had our share of single home buyers over the years. So, you know, we've we've been able to to work with them and help them get a home or a condo. But I didn't realize the numbers were pretty staggering that there's quite a few people that are are like this in life that that buy homes and uh, buy them individually. So what I want to do is kind of uh, lay out some of the stats and talk a little bit about why this happens and why there's so many people like this. And it's kind of an interesting phenomenon, really. So according to the study they did, they said right now, um, about 28% of all households um, are a single-owned household. So if you look at that as far as the demographic of the entire United States, that means 35 million homes are owned by a single owner, which is pretty crazy to think about that. That's a lot of homes. And this study, of course, cites a bunch of different things, like people are living longer. So, of course, you could have a chance that you you weren't single and, and, and the person you're with passed. Um, you have you know higher rates of divorce. So maybe you were married and then you got divorced and now you're living on your own. People are having fewer kids. And um, the other big thing, which is pretty interesting, is that women have much more financial freedom than they used to have. Obviously, there's more women working than ever before in higher level jobs or seeing more female executives and things like that. So certainly, they have the ability to um, buy a home and as well with these better jobs and maybe with them working a lot more, they're maybe not putting as much priority on a family and they're single and have a high income where they can afford a house. So that kind of makes sense. You know, if you think about that, that is, you know, very, you know, very sensical. I mean, it, it seems to to flow with what we're seeing out there. And this is the other thing that's really crazy is that, you know, we have this really high divorce rate. And this is a study done by the Census Bureau. And they said that nearly 48% of adults, 18 and older, were either divorced, widowed, or never married in 2017. So in 2017, we had nearly half the population, 120 million Americans that have either been divorced, widowed, or never been married. That's a huge number. I, it's just shocking when you think of the sheer number of people. You know, and when I was thinking about this, the single living, you know, I was originally thinking more of, okay, you know, you've got maybe some millennials that, you know, um, they're they're putting off marriage, and you know, 
working on their career and then maybe buying a home. That was kind of what I was thinking of. But of course, in the back of my mind, I know that there are a lot of kind of the single working women out there as well. And that's another demographic. We sell a lot of uh, condos to those type of uh, folks because they're, you know, they want the security. They don't want something really big. And, um, you know, they don't want to deal with, you know, going up and cleaning out gutters and, and, and painting their exterior of their home and things like that. So that's definitely another demographic that, you know, I thought of, but then you see how many people are divorced, widowed, that kind of thing. And it, it's just a staggering amount of numbers, really. And it's pretty interesting. And you're starting to see as, as you start to look at all these different groups that there are a lot of people like this. And then, of course, they talk a little bit about the Gen Xers and the Millennials, and a lot of them are foregoing marriage. And they said right now, out of the age group of the 18 to 29-year-old Americans, only about 20% of them are married. So that's that's a pretty low number. So either they're really postponing for a long time or they're just, just not going to do it. Now, if you go back, some historical references, if you look back at the 1960s, Almost sixty percent of people in that age group were married. So, you know that's a huge cultural shift to see that many people foregoing marriage. So either you're seeing these families that are um, they're growing up and seeing the effects of divorce, and they just don't want to get married. They don't want to have that type of commitment. And I think maybe some people are just you know I think that's part of it. But I think there's the other part of hey, we're in a digital society now. And it's a little harder to to meet and, and be with people face-to-face when there's so much of this technology out there. You can keep up with people's lives through Facebook. You can have sort of a relationship through through the internet, so to speak, and not necessarily have a in-person physical relationship. You can still have friendships and things like that through the internet. So that's kind of keeping people apart a little bit more and probably preventing um, people from maybe getting together in person and and maybe ultimately getting married. So very interesting dynamic there that that we're seeing. And then this this thing also kind of blew my mind, the stat. They said a quarter of today's young adults will be single their entire life. A quarter of people will never get married. That's crazy. That's just hard to believe. But, um, you know, I suppose if, you know, if you've got someone that grew up in, in that type of situation in their household and they went through divorce, they may just say, you know what, that's, you know, not something I want to deal with. And, um, you know, it, it's just interesting. So now the other dynamic that comes into this that I think is pretty fascinating is the fact that, you know, when you're single homeowner, you only have that one income to rely on. And so one of the things that they were kind of talking about is that, um, you know, when you're a single buyer, you know, it takes you longer to accumulate that down payment. And so that's one of the things that, you know, would be a challenge for them is one, they're not going to be able to spend as much most likely, unless they're like a real high level executive, uh, but they, they typically don't have as much down payment. So they were saying that, you know, they do have a harder time qualifying for homes. And they said that a single, a typical single American takes nearly 11 years to save up for their down payment. So it takes them over a decade to get that down payment for a home. Whereas a married couple, um, 
Let's see, where's the stats on that? Um, the married couple is, is about half that time. So you're looking at five to six years, a married couple will have their down payment for a home. And um, they said an average single person can afford a home in the U.S. around 176000 and change. So it doesn't really buy a lot of house. And that's not going to be as much of your traditional housing stock. I think you're going to see more of these sort of uh, multi-unit condos for people like that or very, very small homes, maybe some townhomes if you have that, um, older townhomes, things like that. That's really where you're going to see that demographic, I think, land for housing. And the other thing that's pretty interesting is they said that you know married couples are still the biggest portion of the housing market. And according to the National Association of Realtors, they did a study back in 2018. They said 63% of buyers are married couple. So we're definitely seeing that still to be a big part of it. But obviously, the single buyer is a, a thing that's kind of a, a newer phenomenon, and it's going to continue to grow in the next decade or two. They've also seen just from some of the studies that, you know, I talked earlier about the single, you know, kind of millennials that, you know, leave the parents nest. There's actually a very large portion of them that are staying with their parents longer and then they skip the apartment altogether and they go right into buying a home. And we're seeing that happen more and more often. So, um, and, and again, I think a couple of reasons you might have seen like millennials say, hey, you know what? They grew up during this housing crisis and they saw their parents having trouble with their home, probably said, ah, I don't want a home. Um, and, and I don't want the responsibility of owning a home. And so they stay, stay at home a little bit longer. Um, and then, you know, ultimately they decide, hey, I don't want to waste money. Uh, millennials tend to be, you know, do a lot of research and maybe I don't want to throw money out the window with an apartment. So I'm going to stay at home a little longer, save up some money, and then just move right into a house and start building that equity. So I think we're seeing a little bit more of that as well. So that's all contributing to this sort of single buyer phenomenon that we're seeing out there. And, um, you know, now if we shift the conversation a little bit, well, what, what, what's important to these single buyers and how do we have to adapt what we're doing? And, you know, there's quite a few things that I think you would think about. Obviously, one is that you don't need as big of a home if it's just you. You know, two bedrooms is probably enough. You know, one for you and then if you have a guest over, family coming over, you know, two bedroom is probably more than enough. And, and most homes built these days are three or four bedrooms. So that, that's kind of a shift for what we're building. Uh, obviously, affordability is a big thing. Conveniences are also a big thing, according to this study. And they said it's not only just like in how you build the home, but how they live. Like single people are a little bit more disposable. So like what you mean by that is that, you know, they don't buy, you know, all this, you know, fancy household goods like silverware and big plate sets and things like that. They use a lot more disposable things, probably eating a lot more fast food because why, why bother cooking a big meal when it's just you? So everything's a little bit more quick and disposable, um, kind of on the go and um, you know, catering more to that type of market. And then that permeates into the home as well because you don't need this gigantic kitchen with all these fancy, you know, built-in appliances, you know, they actually are starting to design appliances for this type of living, which is like a smaller cooktop, maybe even a smaller refrigerator, uh, things like that, because you don't need, you know, if you don't 
have a big family, why do you need to have a six burner stove? You know, when a two burner stove probably is going to be more than enough and the other burners are never going to get used, you know, and then these kind of smaller, um, you know, refrigerator freezer type things are, are, are getting more popular. And, um, you know, obviously microwaves are important, but, um, you know, you just don't need all these big appliances anymore. So less bedrooms, smaller kitchen, um, maybe something that's an open plan, of course, uh, with, with some common space or um, things like that where you can still be social and mingle. So, you know, you think of it as like a community where, yeah, there's some tennis courts and there's maybe a swimming pool or exercise facility. So you've got this smaller place that you're living in, but yet you can go down to the common area and, and hang out with your neighbors and your buddies and, and uh, you know, maybe even have a big rec center where you can go and watch the big game, that kind of thing. So that's more the kind of living that we're going to see with singles, whether they're male or female, doesn't really matter. And then speaking of the differences between male and females, that's pretty interesting as well. And they said that single women are one of the most potent uh, forces in America. And um, the portion of married women in the United States fell below 50% in 2009 for the first time. And again, this is pretty staggering. The number of young adults, um, younger than 34, who have never been married, climbed to almost 46%. So that's a 12% increase in over a decade. So pretty amazing how many younger adults that under 30, mid-30s are just foregoing marriage altogether. And to go up as a percentage by 12% in, in a decade, that, that's staggering. Those are some huge numbers. So the difference between male and female singles is pretty interesting too. So single females account for 18% of home buyers in, in 2018. So that's a pretty big demographic when you think about it. Single males are only 9%. So almost twice as many single females own homes than males. So, you know, you wouldn't necessarily think of that because you would think, well, maybe single female is going to go to an apartment, maybe a condo because they don't want to deal with the yards or maintenance. But, you know, if you think about it a little bit more, the other thing that happens is women tend to outlive men. So you could have situations too where you have, you know, married couple for 50 years, husband passes away, women stay in the home for a few years afterwards. So that could also shift those numbers a little bit in that direction. But either way, that's significant. That's double the rate. So pretty interesting stuff when you think about that. Now, one of the things that's an issue, of course, is that single women typically can afford less. They're still paid a little bit less. I hate to say this, but there's still a little bit of a glass ceiling out there. So, you know, that's one of the challenges is that affordability, again, becomes even more paramount for this type of buyer unless um, there's some sort of an executive or something like that or inherited a good amount of money that's more of a challenge for them. So, you know, if you're going to go for that demographic, you know, affordability is a big thing. Um, you know, again, you're going to be looking at sort of a median, you know, price between about 189, 190,000, somewhere in there for a single female, whereas a typical single male with the wages they have could be around 215,000 for a home. So, 
there obviously there's still a wage gap difference there and single males although there's less of them they do have a little bit higher price point that they can afford on a home and of course one of the biggest factors for single women when they're buying a home is safety and security and so they want to feel and be in an area where they feel safe obviously um they feel more vulnerable. So you want to have something that has some extra security features and in a good area, uh, a nicer community if possible. That's kind of what they're looking for. So it's not so much about size. It's not so much even about all the other amenities. It's really about having safety and uh, you know a place that you're more comfortable in. But you know, this is really going to shift the dynamic in the next couple decades. And I think it's something that we have to be aware of as builders, as real estate agents, that there is more and more people that are single. It's not your typical, you know, leave it to beaver family of the 1950s where, um, you know, husband, wife, and two kids and the husband works, wife stays at home. Those days are over. It's, it's a very different society out there. Like I said, people are postponing marriage. You know, you've got the internet factoring in the way people hand, handle their relationships and it's affecting people's housing choices at the end of the day. So pretty interesting stuff. And I would love to get some comments and feedback on this. So if you guys would love to do that and love to share some thoughts, please go to our website, homebuildinghero.com and just use one of the forms there and leave a comment. We would love to hear from you, your thoughts and ideas on single buyers and what they would want in their homes. And then, of course, if you haven't already and you enjoy this podcast, please make sure to hit the subscribe button. You can do it anywhere you're listening to your podcast. Just look for Home Building Hero, three words, hit subscribe, and you'll get notified every time we drop a new episode. Last but not least, if you enjoy this episode, please give us a five-star rating as well. We really appreciate it. It helps get the word out and share this great information. I'm David Bellman, president of Bellman Homes. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Home Building Hero, and we'll talk to you guys very soon.